It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. The intro that Joe Goodberry hates on Twitter at James Rapine at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. Uh, a quick reminder that we will have a a post game podcast Sunday evening recapping Bengals Colts. And uh, Joe Goodberry of The Athletic will join us for our weekly film review next week as well to break down what happens on Sunday afternoon. Speaking of Joe, let's welcome him in. You can follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. If you want to read his stuff, but you haven't subscribed to The Athletic yet, I got a deal for you. All you got to do is go to theathletic.com slash locked on Bengals, and you're going to get 40% off a subscription to The Athletic so you can read Joe, Jay Morris, and Mo Egger. Uh, Jay Glazer just joined. They got a bunch of uh, national NFL writers as well, NBA, Major League Baseball. So you can read it all uh, with The Athletic with a subscription. And, uh, Joe, um, I-, I know that uh, you're a-, a big fan of The Athletic. Let's just say you weren't writing for them. I okay. think you would still subscribe to it. L- let-, let our listeners know why you would, even though you're, you know, if you weren't writing for them, why it's, it's unique and different than, say, what you get at ESPN.com. Well, I think it's becoming increasingly hard not to, um, just because of the people they, they keep bringing on and representing every team in every city, and they're crawling towards that at a blistering pace. You know, um, I think the content is what you want to read. I don't. For me, I don't. I've grown away from clicking on the things that are just a headline, a blurb, and okay, I got my information and I'm gone out. I've gone into, you know, it's my lunch break or I've got 10 minutes before i got to pick up the kids, um, or whatever the case may be, I want to read this full article on, you know, whatever whatever team it is. And for me, I'm like a Cleveland Indian fan, so I'm just reading about a trade they made and stuff, and the guy, always, always, he's dumping in, and now he's sitting in. And, you know, you're just reading it, and it's like, gives you way more information, way more detail, way more perspective than you get from just, and I broke for blogs for a long time, but the blogs are short and quick. And, and if you need that, and if you're on the, fa- on the, on the fly, then that, that's good for you. But if you want to sit down and read something for, you know, and spend your time and enjoy it, I think the athletics for you. But you know what? There's so much content. I find myself feeling overwhelmed. If you want to read, the athletic is amazing. If you're just like, man, I can't get to all of this. I got things in my notifications that I got to read, and I'm like, I'm not getting all these things. It's like having 20 books on your shelf that you never get to. I have like 50 books on my shelf I've never gotten to, so I know the feeling. Again, uh, theathletic.com slash locked on Bengals. Joe, let's talk about Sunday, where it's awesome and, and exciting that the Bengals' uh, regular season is finally here. Football! That being said, okay. now this is when the bill comes due. All of these promises, all of these statements of change and a new offense and upgraded offensive line and you and I talking about John Ross and Tyler Eifert and how this offense could be improved all of it it it, it comes down to to Sunday and it's our first look at how this team is going to do this year to me when I look at the rosters just generally there's no chance zero chance if the Bengals are going to make the playoffs 
that they can lose week one against this Colts team, against that roster, with a first-year head coach, a first-year offensive coordinator, first-year defensive coordinator. I just can't buy into that. Andrew Luck hasn't played in 18 we- or 18 uh, or 16 or 18 months. It's something like that. I think it's 18 months. Um, well done. So if it's all of that, all of those factors, the Bengals have to win Sunday, don't they? They better win Sunday, yeah. Um, for all the reasons you said. If they're going to get to <laughs> 9, 10 wins, so you look at the schedule and you can – there's some games where you're like, okay, they should beat the Browns twice, right? They should beat the um, the Colts. You, you look, they should beat the Raiders, the Buccaneers, things Dolphins. like that. You see, right? Dolphins. There's enough on the schedule where I can see six wins easy, right? But you have to do it. And we've seen in bad years they struggle with these teams. They almost lost to the Colts last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, you know that was an ugly, ugly game. Yes, it was. And uh, and Dalton didn't play that bad. He had two touchdowns, I remember. But it took. A Carlos Dunlap interception at the end of winning the game. It shouldn't be like that. And against a team that's going to pick, you know, I honestly, you look at the Colts roster and you say, bottom three, four, five roster in the league, Andrew Luck can do some things. And we've seen him do it. We've seen him do it in the playoffs. That roster wasn't better than the Bengals. No way. And they basically handled the Bengals pretty easily with Andrew Luck. And so that can happen. It can happen. At the same time, I look at it and I say three and a half points for the Bengals, three points, you know, now. Um, man, I think the Bengals should win by 14, just looking at it. I honestly feel that way. We talk about how good this team can be for the Bengals. And we say, but they've got a lot of guys that are unreliable, injured, inconsistent. All those guys are healthy, week one. There's no excuse why, they're not, why they don't go out there and put up 30 points and hold the Colts under 15. You know, I honestly believe that, that based on the talent on both sides and based on everyone being healthy and ready to go, this should be a game the Bengals win. And if if you have a new listener right now that doesn't know me, I don't always pick the Bengals. I don't always think the Bengals are going to be excellent. I think they're going to win this game pretty easily. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I look at the corners. Um, Nate Hairston, Pierre Desir, yeah. Kenny yeah. Moore, Quincy Wilson, Chris Milton. Good luck. I, I mean, it's not even just A.J. Green, who I think, I, I said earlier today on ESPN 1530, if A.J. Green has a buck 50, 10 receptions, and two touchdowns, I think that's closer to what he's going to have than three catches for 33 yards. I think he's going to have a huge day. But it's not just him. Good luck guarding John Ross, Nate Hairston. Who the hell's Nate Hairston? Uh, it's simple. It should be a second year. He has good ball skills. Uh, okay, but good luck. It, it, you know, good luck with... Uh, no, you're right. I'm just saying that because I remember from draft season. <laughs> no, I, I get it. No, and, and you know more about him. That's fine. But I just look at that secondary. They're and, and They're starting Margus Hunt. I mean, th- this team, there's no way. I, uh, a columnist from the Indy Star, Greg Doyle, earlier this week wrote about how the Indianapolis Colts are rebuilding. If they're rebuilding, if a guy by the name of Nate Hairston is guarding A.J. Green, you cannot lose this game. And, and so to me, I think there is some pressure, especially early on, for the Bengals to go out there and exert their dominance because the last thing you want to do is give Andrew Luck a little confidence, let him get into some kind of rhythm on the road or they're at home. Obviously you're on the road going up against him. I think that's the danger here is if you somehow some way let the Colts get off to a good start, who knows what happens? And and I think so a a quick start on Sunday. I know it's cliche. I think it's very important this week. Yeah. You want to, you want to let this pass rush unit, take advantage of the Colts' offensive line. So the Bengals got to go out and score some points and score them early. It's something they were not able to do a lot last year with this offense being as bad as it was. Um, you let the Colts hang in there, and here's a 60-yard bomb to T.Y. Hilton. That could happen. You line him up on Drake Kirkpatrick's side and rookie Jesse Bates is a free safety. Guess what? 
Taylor Hilton could beat you and could beat you deep and score in an instant. So you have to, yes, go out and demolish them and handle them in every way possible, but every way that you possibly can. There, you look at the Colts' defense, there's not a matchup I like for them. Maybe if they move Jabal Shear to the other side and let him rush against Bobby Hart. I right. would. He's one of the better players. Jabal Sheard and Malik Hooker, the only two guys who would even contribute on the Bengals' defense from the Colts' defense, the only two. And they, So stay away from Hooker, right, in the center field, and really hopefully Shear doesn't get over top of Bobby Hart. If he does, you've got to give him some help. Besides that, you should feel very comfortable that the Bengals can do whatever they plan on doing on Sunday, whether that's running the ball, getting Mixon out, out of the backfield, throwing them passes, getting John Ross involved, um, getting A.J. Green moving, moving around. Why did they throw that deep ball to John Ross in that last preseason game? I think it was a warning to the Colts. You better back those safeties up because it's coming. And, and hopefully the Colts come out with that right away knowing we can't cover John Ross deep. we got to back these guys up, and that running game opens up completely for the Bengals. So just looking at it, you say, this is a lopsided match on paper. Honestly, yeah. I honestly feel that way. Yeah, I, I totally do. And it worries me a little bit because of that quick start. But even so, I, I just think that this game, I think it'll be in the, the 24 to, to 13, 24 to 16 range where the Colts are in it. Uh, you know, I say in it in quotes, but they're never really in it. That's how it should be to me. It's hard to beat a team in the NFL by two touchdowns. And, and I, I don't know if that'll happen, especially on the road week one. The Bengals are going to make some mistakes. They're a young team. But I think the talent will win out, and they'll win by about 7 to 10. What do you think? I, I want to say it should be a 10-point win. I wouldn't be surprised if it was 14. I honestly think the Bengals should have their way on offense. I honestly believe 24 to 30 points is not unreasonable to expect they should score multiple touchdowns three touchdowns and maybe a field goal and you get 24 it should be that type of game he's joe goodberry of the athletic up next i'm going to ask him about bill laser because i saw something yesterday philadelphia atlanta joe did you watch that game i did i saw something yesterday that tells me all i need to know about atlanta and i hope i don't see that over sunday through thursday uh, over the next six days or so if we see this as uh Bengals fans if we see this from the Bengals then they're going to be in trouble I'll tell you that next on uh the Locked On Bengals podcast is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy either way join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for mock draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joe, the thing that I do not want to see, we saw it last year with the Bengals. We saw it last night with the Falcons. If they get off to a slow start on offense and have the same issues they had last year, not only Sunday, which, again, we've talked about the talent disparity, but Thursday as well, that's all I need to see from Bill Lazor. Like, I will make my judgment on Bill Lazor within a five-day period. And you might, people might say that that's too quick and he needs time. He, he coached this team for 14 games last year. He knows the personnel in and out. We've been hearing about how this new playbook and how it's going to be different and change and all of that stuff. Good. We'll prove it against a, a defense that you should torch 
and then prove it again four days later against the division rival where it's going to be much tougher, but I want to see differences. I want to see AJ moving around. So I'm going to make my judgment based on on Bill Lazor. This this time a week from now, I will know whether or not Bill Lazor should be the offensive coordinator in 2019. Am I crazy? Well, then, no, then we do that with Ken Zimpizzi. Yeah, and we were fired after week two Thursday night game versus the Texans. See, the thing is, is I did it with him. I remember talking to you about this after his yeah. first year as offensive coordinator. I was like, eh, I would be looking. I would be looking elsewhere, and I think the Falcons should have done it too. I think they made a mistake bringing Steve Sark, uh, Sarkeesian back. It's just. Uh, it's it's not going to help them long term. I don't think he's the guy. Sometimes fit, it just doesn't work. And giving a whole off season doesn't do it. So I'll know, and I think you'll know. It sounds like at least uh, in the next week if Bill Lazor's the guy or not. Yeah, and then, you know, and what does that entail? What are we looking for? Obviously, you know, you should score on the Colts and you should score often. The Ravens' defense is very good coming off a short week, um, but again, they have the weapons and they should be healthy, right, going into that. So. I think for me, even if, if they don't produce week two, but do week one, and um, they're still not using like Mixon in the passing game, right? Or they're still not moving AJ Green around, or they can't figure out how to use John Ross still, um, or they can't manage Eifert snaps and get them into advantageous situations. Yeah, I could see all that happening because we've seen these things happen uh, under Marvin Lewis plenty of times. And so maybe it's the coordinator, maybe it's the head coach, but. Sure, there's, there's a scenario there where they come out flat. Last year, you and I both were high on the offense, or the potential-wise, you know, that they could scheme around this offensive line and figure things out with, with all the talent they had. Uh, we found out very quickly they could not, and that they did not know how to do that, and that um, Piper wasn't what we expected. He was a shell of himself. And now I think he looks better than that from what we've seen. But maybe he gets out there, gets rattled one time, and there it goes with his back. So there are things... That could happen and could happen quickly because we've talked about how, how volatile this, this team is and how they're relying on guys that aren't very reliable. But, uh, you know, just for the laser, though, yes, there is a scenario where this is very, very similar to what we saw last year with a lot of this offense, and they still can't get the ground game going, or they still can't complete the easy passes that they need to, or even so, they can't get deep, and that would be a travesty. Oh, my gosh, if they can't get deep. like Because, look, I get it. If the offensive line, like Billy Price – He's an upgrade, but is he going to be great at everything as a rookie? Probably not. Uh, Clint right. Bowling's pretty good. Cordy Glenn's pretty good. Uh, but but is is Alex Redman and Bobby Hart are all those guys going to combine and make this stiff wall of an offensive line in the rushing game? No, maybe not. But if they're good pass blocking, and Alex Redman is as nasty as people say he could potentially be, then I, I think they could be competent running the ball. And here's the thing: in today's NFL. You can open up the run game with the pass. I think oh, that's yeah. a, a very real thing. So when you have A.J. Green and John Ross and Tyler Eifert, and if they stay healthy, I, I still think the run game could be okay, not even based on the offensive line, but just because they're getting downfield so much. So, yeah, out of the two, I would be so disappointed if they don't take some downfield shots, especially early, um, which means Sunday, week one. I, I would expect three or four to Green and Ross. And then maybe who knows who else gets open. Maybe Boyd gets open downfield or, or Josh Malone or one of those other guys. But I think three or four downfield shots at least this week is something they should do. I think it's important for them to establish that. I think their entire offense, and it's something that they didn't have the last two years, um, something, and I'm talking about John Ross and that other speed asset on the other side of A.J. Green, um, without them having it, it is the running game wasn't good. They wasn't scheme good. They couldn't block it, right? They couldn't run with some of the backs they were putting back there. But it didn't help that 
run plays look like run plays, and the defense would load the box and really stop the, the Bengals running. Um, the Bengals would load up the box themselves by bringing things in tight and, and trying to run the ball. I think spreading it out, and hey, we didn't talk about cuts, but Ryan Hewitt, I think that sends a pretty big message on how they want to run the ball. And um, for me, if they want to spread it out and run it out of there, that's their best option. But getting John Ross deep, throwing to him, throwing to A.J. Green deep, creating that deep element in their offense again will help the running game so much more than any offensive lineman they could add to this roster right now or, or any running scheme that they can try and tweak and adjust right now. It's getting that safety out of there. You run against cover two, cover four, you know, two safeties back, you're going to gain yardage. You spread it out and get left guys in the box, you're going to gain positive yardage, and that's what they need to do. He's Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. His top 50 Bengals series uh, finished a couple weeks back, and uh, it's it's out. It's worth your time. Um, it's it, How big of a project was that, Joe? I, w- I want to talk more about the Bengals, but how big of a project was that? Was it overwhelming even for you? I know you love doing that stuff, but uh, was it a little bit overwhelming? I went through every stage of um, emotion. <laughs> it, was, it was about two and a half months, and the hard part was watching every player and grading them, but I enjoy that. So... It was fun while doing it, and I usually I had grades on every player as it as it is, but I wanted to update them all as much as possible before I did this. Um, so I, you know, I'm going through watching players and tweaking grades and making adjustments on based on what I saw. Or, or really, when you focus on guys, your vision becomes clear on what they can and can't do, rather than just watching a game as a whole. Um, so uh, doing that, and then really writing the reports, trying to make videos for each individual player that I did a lot of, and, and you know, there's eight to ten minutes of, of footage on each one of these reports. Um, you get to see my grading scale for each one of these guys, and then players started getting cut as I'm doing it. Right, LaFell, Iloka, you know, um, at the end there, Michael Johnson and Ryan Hewitt, and, I, and I'm just finishing the last two guys, and. So it, it presented challenges, but I had a good time doing it, and I hope people enjoyed it um, because it was a lot of work. But at the same time, this is the work I enjoy. You can check it out, theathletic.com. Joe has a link on his Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Plus, if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, you can check it out as well. Theathletic.com slash Bengals will get you 40% off. Um, so it's Bengals Colts. I haven't talked to anyone here you know, that covers the Bengals, is around the Bengals, that doesn't think – that the Bengals are the better team that they're expected to win. Uh, I just to to me the the only I guess there's two wild cards in this game for me. The first one's Andrew Luck because we know when healthy he's one of the top five I would say top five quarterbacks on the planet. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be healthy? How will he look? Uh, I don't expect him to be what he was in 2015 right away. I think it'll take time for that, but maybe not. So there's wild card number one, and number two is if you're a first-time head coach, and it's your first game, and you're at home. It, the The media in Indianapolis is already writing about how you're rebuilding. You don't have as much talent as the opponent you're playing. It, you got this first-time offensive coordinator. You have this this first-time defensive coordinator. Why not take some chances? Mix it up. Have a fake punt. Uh, do, do some things that you only do when you're not as talented. When you're a little bit more desperate. And, and, ta- and take some risks. Yes. I mean, Frank Reich, look, we, we saw last year with Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. They weren't afraid to take risks. I could see those are the two wild cards. Is the 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 Colts running a fake punt and getting a touchdown out of it and Andrew Luck just balling out, which no one really expects, but would you really be shocked? I mean, the dude was great nope. before his injury. So those are the two things I'm worried about. Yeah, and I'm with that completely. And I added um, T.Y. Hilton to that earlier because sure. – Speed wins. We know this. We're, we're talking about John Ross, and 
T.Y. Hilton is the John Ross for the for the Colts. Um, he's but, better. You know, I mean, obviously. Uh, obviously right. <laughs> yeah, he, he does everything. He's what we want John Ross to be in four years, right? Yes. I mean, if you're being if, – if, if you have realistic expectations, that's what we want. Um, so – Hilton's hard to cover, and even though we have William Jackson, the Bengals still appear to be playing left side, right side. You can create your opportunities if you're the Colts offense and get T.Y. Hilton in the slot versus um, Darquez Denard. I like that matchup for the Colts. I like T.Y. Hilton going deep against Drake Patrick. So there are scenarios where this game gets silly because they can't cover a very, very good and dangerous weapon. Um, but Would you put William Jackson on him exclusively? I would because, in, and I wouldn't in every situation. People assume, you know, you just put the number one corner on the number one receiver. But there's some teams that um, you'd say, like, let's think of the um, Browns, where they have Josh Gordon and, and Jarvis Landry, right? And it's hard to just say, well, you know, I can put Jackson on Gordon and then Landry's just going to kill you anyways. Or a team like if you were defending the Bengals, I think, would you put Jackson on, on, on um, A.J. Green and just hope John Ross doesn't beat your number two corner up? No, I don't think I would do that. I would want to try and prevent that from happening. So for the Colts, because it's T.Y. Hilton and really nothing else that you're really too concerned with, I would try and see if I can get Jackson to follow him and shadow him. And with the ball skills, with the deep speed that, that Jackson has, maybe you can take Hilton out and allow these other guys just to, to handle their responsibility, handle their guy in, in, in situations or, or matchups where they have the advantage. So. I would do that, and I wouldn't do it every week and in every game and every scenario, but I think this is one of them where if they did come out and do it, I would I would praise them for doing that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think T.Y., he's that guy that in a moment, especially if it, if the game goes like I think it goes, where it's a 1-7-10 to a seven to ten pos- uh, point game, a 1-2 to, to two possession game, where if the Colts get a quick strike, all of a sudden everything changes and the crowd's back into it. And Hilton is always a day. You could be down... 10 points if you're the Colts, four minutes to go, and you're one play away from being right back in it and, and a stop away from getting the ball to, to Andrew Luck with, with a three-point game because you got T.Y. Hilton. I mean, that's how good he is. So, so I agree with you that that guy, I would put William Jackson on him. I think, and the thing is, and we saw this last year, Joe, William Jackson has the recovery speed to oh, catch yeah. up with T.Y. Hilton. So even if Hilton beats him, he could make up, with, make up for it and potentially make a play on the ball like he did a lot last season. I'm nervous about Jesse Bates at free safety, though, in these, um, in these you know, uh-huh. scenarios. Yeah. He mostly did it as a cover two guy in college, um, split safeties. So, and the Bengals do do that a lot, but they also relied on George Aloka as that free safety, and the Bengals did not get beat deep. They really didn't often at all. And um, now Bates is in that scenario. Like I said, if it's Hilton on Kirkpatrick's side with Bates in the free safety, man, I think you're risking it. But if it's, William Jackson with Bates with the free safety. I like that a little bit more covering T.Y. Hilton. So um, I think it would help Bates a little to have that, you know, really good player uh, covering that, that deep receiver um, rather than, you know, hoping for the best with the other guys. He's Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. What's one thing that the, the average fan that I haven't mentioned that the average fan wouldn't think about going in, into Sunday that stands out to you? Maybe, maybe it's a matchup you'll be watching. Maybe it's a position group. Uh, but what's one thing that, that stands out that you'll have your eye on that most people probably haven't thought about? And I, and I wonder if I, they may have all thought of this because uh, it's kind of hard to <laughs> not with the Bengals' defense, but they've got, been killed by tight ends, right? And mm-hmm. Jack Doyle last year, what did he catch, 13 passes or something? Something stupid that will – 
made it very hard for the Bengals to really control that Colts offense. Was Doyle kept continuously getting that ball down the field and and um, and you know converting third downs in the first downs. They can't allow that to happen. Uh, the Bengals were one of the worst teams at covering tight ends, but when you look at Terrell Austin and the Lions defense, they were one of the best at covering tight ends. And um, you want to see what are the changes? Uh, what are they going to do differently to stop them from getting uh, beaten up by this by, the, by these Colts tight ends? Because they signed Eric Ebron also. Um, and I think the Colts will probably come out in a lot of 11, 12 personnel, two tight ends if they can, um, and keep the Bengals in their base defense. You get the Bengals in their base defense. That's Michael Johnson at end. That's Andrew Billings at nose tackle. That's Preston Brown at linebacker. That's no Darquez Denard on the field. It's no Carl Lawson on the field. And then you try and throw out of that. And I think that is how the Colts potentially attack this team. And if they do, it's going to make this game a lot closer than we're looking at it on, on paper. It's funny you mentioned the tight ends because uh, I write uh, a fantasy article every week for GetSportsInfo.com. And I do like a stud, dud, and sleeper for every position group. So stud, dud, sleeper, quarterback, stud, dud, sleeper, tight end. My sleeper is Jack Doyle. <laughs> because yeah. I, I think that, honestly, I think that luck is, and while he'll try to get the ball to T.Y. Hilton, especially downfield, who knows arm strength-wise, everyone says he's making all the throws. What I saw from him in the preseason, it didn't seem like the same velocity was there. Like Carson Palmer was making all the throws in 2009 also. Yeah, so the, the velocity wasn't there. I think he's going to lean on the tight end a bit more. So I'm with you. I think Jack Doyle, and and I think it's also a good test for the linebackers, right? Like like you said, it, it to me, if this team is going to take the next step, whether it's and I don't think it'll be Preston Brown, but Nick Vigil, uh, Jordan Evans, those guys, they're going to have to be able to cover. And if they can, this defense can be elite. So so it'll yeah. be interesting to see that matchup. Yeah, that's the remaining weakness on the defense, right? Or at least mm-hmm. you know we we know they've acquired athletic linebackers, and we hope that position is changing and their ability to cover is changing um, but that is the, the main question mark we have on this on this defense right now and then there are other ones you know we want to see Andrew Billings continue what he showed I am concerned with the depth at, at nose tackle and defensive tackle I'm concerned with the depth at corner I think if they lose one guy you're out there with Tony McRae or Darius Phillips and I think that's a bad situation you might as well be out there with Nate Harrison right um, so <laughs> <laughs> so it could get bad pretty quickly but Overall, I think for the starting unit, yes, linebacker is probably the focus for, okay, how do you beat the Spangles defense? And for me, you keep them in your base defense and you attack those linebackers in coverage. He's Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. Uh, Alex Redman was named starting right guard earlier this week. What do you like about him? What do you not like? I, I keep hearing, and you study the film and watch him more than, than anyone I know, is, as far as... His nastiness. I keep hearing how nasty he is, how how dirty he is. He comes with an edge, an attitude. Is that true? What do you like? What do you not like? And are you happy that he's starting Sunday? I don't know if I'm happy or not. I, I, I wish Christian <laughs> Westerman... Well, I mean, because you've got three guys that... Meh, okay. Someone's got to come up and, and be the starter. And that's Trey Hopkins, Alex Redman. We hoped Christian Westerman would get that spot. And we could probably talk about Christian Westerman for 10 minutes. Right? We hoped or you level. hoped. Uh, you know, I guess everyone, right, should have hoped that one of those guys I, would be Oh, would get oh you, you hoped one of them. I thought you said everyone was hoping for Christian. I got you. I see what you're saying. Well, I, I mean, I, I guess a lot of people did hope Westerman would get the opportunity at least, right? Mm-hmm. And, he, and he did not. Um, for reasons of the coaching staff really doesn't trust him or doesn't believe he can mentally handle it, and they think he's a wild card in almost every play, but he handles his man when he watches the tape. So what do you value? Um, they value uh, Hopkins knowing what he can do on every play, knowing who he is, 
um, knowing they can lean out for a lot of things, knowing he can back up almost every position. But he probably can. Uh, and at the end of the day, they kind of went with the upside in Redmond. And look how, they, how they've done with other positions and releasing guys. And it's like keeping Brandon LaFell would be more of a Trey Hopkins. Going with John Ross would be going with more of Alex Redmond. And I, you know, so I, I, I'm happy with that decision because I do think running game-wise, they needed a jolt and they needed some power at that right guard spot. When the Bengals were a good running team, whether that was Bobby Williams or Kevin Zeitler at right guard, you had a power right guard that could move at the point of attack. Redmond does that. He's very strong, very aggressive, flies out of his stance. I think that's why he gets false start penalties a lot, because he rips out of his stance, and he's on those defensive tackles in a flash with a lot of anger and a lot of power. Um, with that, though, comes some over-aggressiveness in pass sets, comes some stiffness in pass sets, where he can be beat in pass protection. Uh, I think you're going to get a lot of help between right guard and, 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 and center. Billy Price and Ed Redmond will probably – pair up a bunch on, on a defensive tackle and allow Clint Bowling to handle his side. Uh, and that should help. But Redmond can be beaten that way. And we got a lot of pre-snap penalties, some holding penalties. You have to get a light whip also this preseason. Um, so there is that there. And, you know, I, you hope that the upside in the run game gives them that, that boost. And, and that right side of the line is still the issue. But, yes, as of right now, if I were to be more optimistic about right tackle and right guard, that's Bobby Hart and Redmond, I'm more optimistic about Redmond. He's Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. Uh, Give me a final score prediction. Can you do that, or is it going to be up on The Athletic so you can't say? No, it's not going up on The Athletic. I won't be writing again until afterwards. Um, I'm going to say 28-13, Bengals. Wow. No field goals. 28-13. You sure you don't? There's no way they don't start in the red zone. I got 24-16 Bengals, but come on. They won't kick outside of uh, forty yards, so they, you know, they just go for it and score touchdowns. Oh, stop it! Stop it with your Randy Bullock hate. <laughs> you and all the Bengals Twitter hating Randy Bullock. He was ninety percent last year, Joe. Because listen, I'm hitting ninety percent too. If oh, I was, if stop! I don't make any. Ninety percent of what? I'm not right. I didn't say field goals. Come on now. Hang That's on. Right. Let me finish. <laughs> I'm hitting ninety percent of my free throws if I'm shooting. A no layup, chance. All right. No chance. Layups. Uh, not actually, shot shoot from the free throw. I'd, I'd give you ninety percent on your layups for sure, and I probably missed that. But yeah, not I'm if someone was guarding at you. Basketball. Not if someone was I, guarding you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm terrible. <laughs> but James, can you guard me? I mean, you're you seem athletic enough. Could I guard? Yeah, I could. Guard. Come on, Joe. I've got six inches on you. At least, I don't so. care. I'd beat you ten nothing. Uh, but let's talk about let's talk about <laughs> something that really bothers me about you. Can okay. we do that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's really bothering me so much. I put so much effort in. I've got a bone to pick with you, too, James, after this. Okay, true or false? I don't really. <laughs> oh, damn. I, I was hoping you did, because it would be fun. True or false? You are a superhero fan. True. True or false? You play video games and have a real awesome setup in the, the Goodberry household. True. Okay. True or false? You really like Spider-Man. True. True or false? The new Spider-Man game that you could totally buy came out today, and you don't plan on buying it even though it got great reviews. True. I, I can't make this up. I have no idea why you're not buying Spider-Man. It, it, look, guys, listeners, Joe Goodberry is a big Xbox guy, and he's not going to get Spider-Man, even though he loves Spider-Man and loves superheroes and loves video games because it's on the PlayStation 4. You got all that. Ath- you got all that athletic money. Just go, go get it, man. Athletic money. What are you talking about? All I the athletic podcast money. That's right. 
Hey, I used it. Spider-Man's in my car right now. I use the Locked On Podcast money. All of it. I used the athletic money. You should see my nice new driveway. I, I did see that, and I know those are expensive. You could have tipped the guy $400 less and got a new PS4 Pro <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> edition. If it was 60 bucks, James, and James only spent 15 because he got a bunch of gift cards because his birthday was last week, yeah. but um, it, if it was only 60 bucks, I would have it. It'd be on, it, I'd have it right now. I'd be playing it. I, would, I, would I think you're a phony. I can't even do the podcast right it's now. It's a phony. Because I'm playing Spider-Man. Phony. But... $400 for a brand new system. I haven't played PlayStation since PlayStation 2. It would be a whole new setup. All these games I'd have to pr- I feel pressured to get because PlayStation has so many great games that I haven't played. Oh, wait. It was, it's overwhelming to okay. think that of going through all that again. So, so basically, PlayStation's so good you don't want it. <laughs> it's you, not that. There's a lot of games for the Xbox. You literally just said that. You said there's so many games I'd want to play, and I just, there's no way I'm doing it. I, it's the same as if like a Nintendo Switch. And you know right you now. don't have to buy a brand new PS4, right? You could get a used one. Like why would I not? If the, the used ones are still two hundred bucks, I've got a four K TV. I'd want to get the PS Pro, so those are expensive. The 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 bundle, the four hundred dollar bundle came with a Pro. Actually, it was in my cart six times over the last few days, and I couldn't pull the trigger. Well, you should have. And, and now hey, you're going to regret it forever. And I'm never letting you live it down. Never, ever, never. But listen to this. I went to my wife, and I, I showed her. I said, 400 bucks. What do you think? Because it was in my car on Amazon. I had it right there. She goes, ooh, it looks good. I was like, it does. And I'm like, I'm trying to get her to say, like, do it. You know, because if she says that, I'm buying it right on the spot, right? Look for that. She said that it looks little... good. That that says do it. To, that, that's what that says. What? Well, and then so it sold out within minutes. You only have a few minutes to make these decisions. And I, I tweeted you yesterday. And that was when I showed her. And then they came up on Target. Someone sent it to me again. People are sending me links on Twitter constantly. So then I, I asked my card again. I said, what do you think? Do you think I should? She goes, oh, you didn't buy it last time? And I was like, well, then go ahead or not. And she goes, that was. I mean, you do what you want with Joe, your money, she says. You're not, you're not helping yourself here. I she gave you the okay. James, I am battling with myself internally. I don't need you getting on me, too. Oh, I want to buy it. I want to play it right now. Did you, did you read any of the reviews? Yes. I you get to play as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Don't give me spoilers, by the way. I avoided video reviews with spoilers. It's, I looks, get to play as Mary, you get to play as Mary Jane, too. Who doesn't lo- want to do that? It looks amazing, Joe. I know it does. What are you doing? I, I, just, I just want to swing around the city. It would be like you saying that you're really into to game film. And then, and then this, did I get the game pass? No, and, and correct. Like, you, you're not going to get access to... All of the the NFL draft game film for for all the players that the Bengals are going to consider in round one, but you're really into it. It just doesn't add up, Joe. It just doesn't add up. It's very phony. I can't believe you. I can't believe very this. Phony. It's phony. Phony. You, you enjoy. Yeah. You you love superheroes. You love video games. You you love this this combo, and you're not getting it. You should treat yourself, man. James, I'm not going to be pressured. All right, into <laughs> any decision. Uh, if I make the decision, it's because I want to do it. Can you, you can you so. tell that uh, Sony's paying me to endorse their Spider-Man product? I can tell. No, I'm just Man, kidding. That's why you got the game for fifteen dollars. <laughs> it wasn't gift cards. It was Sony money. That's right. All the all the Sony money that they sent me. <laughs> He's <laughs> Joe. Five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> He's Joe Goodberry of the Athletic. If you haven't subscribed to the Athletic, you can. Uh, with one link, forty percent off. Theathletic.com/slash/locked-on-Bengals. Do it so Joe gets more athletic money so he can use it on his new Spider-Man game in PS4 Pro. Joe?
I appreciate the time. I can't wait to talk to you in our film review. Hopefully we're talking about a, a 1-0 Bengals team that's getting ready for the Ravens at home next Thursday. I'm not talking to you next week. Wow, shots fired. That's Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. Another reminder, if you want a subscription to The Athletic, simple. Theathletic.com slash LockedOnBengals will get you 40% off. I'll be back at it Sunday evening with a complete recap of what happens. Bengals, Colts. Will the Bengals get win number one in week number one? I'll take your predictions at 513-666-0328. I almost forgot the voicemail line. I went to check out my phone, and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Uh, your predictions there. I could also take your voicemails, your reaction to the game. That's what I really want. I would love to have a post-game show up, at, let's say, 7 Eastern time on Sunday night, where I get a bunch of your reaction immediately following the game. So again, 513-666-0328. That is the Locked on Bengals hotline. You can also tweet me at James Erpine, at Locked on Bengals, and subscribe. Subscribe. Pass this on to every Bengals fan you know. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you guys Sunday evening right here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.